Hello and welcome to the Fun Kids Bookworms podcast. We got a good one for you today and a rather sporty one too. Yes, this is a football themed bookworms. I think you're going to love it. We've got Tom Palmer on the way to talk about the soccer diaries. We've got Alex Bellos and Ben Littleton telling us about the football encyclopedia. And we've got a few extra recommendations for you as well. So let's kick it all off, eh? Uh, the first book we got is the football encyclopedia now oh my goodness i loved this book so much it is beautiful it's the kind of book you never stop looking at because it's full of amazing football facts let's find out a little bit more from alex and ben i'm joined right now by alex bellos and ben littleton about the football school encyclopedia hello guys and welcome to fun kids thank you bex hi it's great to be here i'm really excited to see you well not to see you obviously to, to hear from you because your book is brilliant like it's so beautiful and I felt like I could kind of read it forever and ever and ever you must be super proud of the book Uh, Ben how did you feel when you first held it in your hands oh totally proud I mean so much work and effort but also love and laughter has gone into this book so it's so nice when we can get it out into the world so other people can really enjoy what's in it as much as we enjoy putting it all together because what we really wanted to do with this football school encyclopedia is surprise people on every page. So yes, it has the standard things you would expect in an encyclopedia, lots of facts, lots of trivia, lots of knowledge, but it's also got things that you didn't know and you didn't know you wanted to know on every page. So we even have parents and teachers of children who've enjoyed the book coming up to us saying, wow, there's loads here that I learned about football and the world in this book as well. I have to say, yeah, it's incredible. There's so much more in that. Alex, what was it like to work together with Ben? How do you work together? Oh, absolutely terrible. Can't bear it. (laughs) No, it's fantastic. The good thing about it is um, often writing is a very lonely um, exercise. It's just you staring at a screen. Um, But the way that we work, we would have the ideas together, then we'd go away and do a bit of research ourselves. And then when we'd found something fascinating or we had an idea, we could call the other one up again, see the other one, and sort of exchange ideas. So you would always be running and say, oh, Ben, I would never, you'd never believe what I found out. This is amazing. And Ben would say that to me. And then we'd kind of help improve each other's pages. And even though sort of at the beginning, we're both together and we go off to do our separate thing, then we come back. And at the end of it, it's hard to know who's, which page is an Alex page, which is page is a Ben page. And I think that we are both have different skills. So when you put them together, it's, um, you know, an encyclopedia tries to, have as broad a range and be as varied as possible. But also with two authors, we can have a much more kind of varied style and direction. So you really do get kind of two bangs for your buck, so to speak. It sounds like you're marking each other's homework. In a nice way. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing each other's homework. (laughs) I love it. That's great. Now, of course, we've got the two of you here. I just need to check before we carry on. I need to know what football teams you actually support. Uh, Ben, who do you support? Well, I support a team that plays in the Premier League and uh, they're a local team to me. So whenever I tell anyone who, who I support, I, I beg them not to boo me or, or, or be cross with me because they're my local team. My whole family supported them. And, and the team I support is Spurs, which has been mostly a uh, lifetime of frustration with occasional glimpses of, of joy and, and fun. But uh, I support them through thick and thin. I love the little talk up you had to give to yourself and the listeners as you explained why you support Mainly them. myself, Bex, mainly myself. And Alex, how about yourself? So the interesting thing about supporting a football team is that you decide that team or it kind of chooses you probably around about the age of seven or eight. And once you've got it, you just 
you can never change the football team you support. So when I was that age, I was living in Edinburgh. I was living a few hundred metres from the ground of Heart of Midlothian. So that's kind of my team. And even though when I was 12, I moved to England and I don't really follow them very closely. That's the team that sets my heart racing, you know, and I get excited. It's weird, you're right. I, I, my team, by the way, is Newcastle United because my family, I'm, I'm from Newcastle in um, the northeast. And if I didn't support them, I think I'd be disowned, to be honest. It's true. I mean, sporting a football team is much more than the football. It's all about family and history and culture and philosophy and lots of different things. And actually, one of the things that we do in the book is that we go all around the world and we try and talk about all the different things that make all the different clubs special. Now, this is where, I mean, the book is brilliant because it really delves into so much. You start at the history of football, um, which I, I found out through the book. It's been banned a surprising amount of times. And then uh, it's kind of, you carry, carry on all around the world. Ben, tell us, did you find out some amazing facts that you'd never found out before, that you just found out when you were making this book? I think almost on every page, there's a fact that I didn't know. And given that I've written and worked in football for nearly 30 years, that's quite some going. I think um, one of my favourite facts is, we looked into which leagues were the best behaved and the worst behaved. And we discovered that in Japan, they sh- the referees show the fewest yellow cards per game. So they are the best behaved. And in Bolivia, in South America, they are the worst behaved because referees show on average over six yellow cards per game. So it's a real trek around the globe to discover certain things about how people behave on the football pitch, what it means for society and culture and learning all about new countries all the time. So it was a real delight. And because it's an encyclopedia, of course, it's global. So football is a global game and every country has its own story and relationship with this sport. Yeah. Speaking of yellow cards, I think I read in the book, am I right? They only were brought in 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 1970. Is that correct? Red cards. Red cards, right. I just thought they'd be around since the beginning of football, I assumed. No, that had to be invented. It was a British referee who invented them. And obviously the colour is linked to traffic lights. So red is like stop and yellow is, you know, warning, get ready. You also explain in the book not to be that person, but you explain the offside rule. You explain stuff that maybe people are a bit too scared to ask about as well. People who maybe enjoy watching football, but don't want to look like they don't know anything about it. Alex, how did you pick which bits to include for kind of new beginners as well? Yeah, well... We have to do everything so we can't miss something out just because it's a bit simple. And also sometimes there are things that are very simple that no one knows. So it's kind of interesting, just the pitch markings, just to make sure you know exactly what they're there for and what they're used for. And I'm sure that you test most people, they would probably make a mistake. We've got this great page actually called Goal or No Goal. You are the ref. Six different situations of something happens on the pitch. Is it a goal or is it not a goal? And the reason why we included it is that most people wouldn't know that. Sounds like a really obvious thing. Is it a goal or is it not a goal? But there are lots of kind of interesting, curious things that could happen. Like what happens when a dog runs onto the pitch, stops a goal-bound shot from going in? Is that a goal or is that not a goal? Another thing that we wanted to do is sort of to open it up because most people, you start playing football and you think, this is such good fun. Most people might think, oh, I'd love to become a football player. The thing is, it's so difficult to become a football player that even if you're absolutely brilliant, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to be playing in the the Champions League or playing for your country. However, we wanted to show that if you want to work in football, well, anyone can do that because there are so many different ways that you can work in football. Well, firstly, you could write an encyclopedia about football. We work in football. But also, you know, you could 
be the person doing the kit. You could be the person doing the, the social media. You could be the data scientist. You could be the person organizing what happens at the stadium. You could be head of education at a football club. Um, there's so many things that we wanted to show how actually football is not just the game that's on the pitch. It is that. We've got lots of stuff about that. We wanted to show how it links to everything else. It's funny you mention uh, the different jobs and the different roles you have in football because for some reason that page really stuck out to me because of the illustration. It's basically all of those different people sat on the stands, isn't it, at the side? Yes, um, yes. And the illustrations are incredible. They are brilliant. Uh, ben, how did that work? Did you did you give them to your lovely illustrator and say, can you make this into a picture, please? Or did they come back to you with amazing pictures and you say, yes, that's the one? Yeah, it's, it's an amazing relationship because just like any other perfect team, um, you, you need all aspects of the team to work together and teamwork really does make the dream work in in the case of football school so it's not just Alex and I who put together the words but it's also our amazing illustrator Spike Gerald who's been with us uh, since the start this is now our 13th book in the football school series and his illustrations really just bring everything we write to life and without him it would be a very very dull place because these images of as you say like a, a, a club photographer or a data scientist you'd think would be quite boring because they're you know they're sort of positions that don't inspire excitement or joy but actually they're fantastic spikes images throughout the book are kind of next level they're the best i think he's ever done and my favorite page that spikes contributed to in fact i don't really know where to start with this because they're two one is he's drawn the mascots of loads of football clubs which are Famous mascots, some like Gunnosaurus, but some are less famous, like Krusty the Pie of Wigan. And there's a huge spread of loads of mascots and why they're invented. We've actually interviewed one of the mascots to find out what life is like as a mascot inside the big mascot suit on a match day. And the other thing he's drawn is the animals that make up the nicknames of national teams. So it's like you're on a, an amazing safari where you've got elephants and lions and antelopes and jaguars and parrots and street dogs and turtles and wasps and cheetahs but they all represent different countries around the world so to look at that and to discover that the philippines nickname are the street dogs or malaysia are the tigers or finland are the eagle owls it's just stunning visually and also great for learning more about the world just to, to finish that thought about spike and his illustrations so we've done 12 books with Spike before then, but those were all black and white sort of books that are normal book size. This is the first book that we've done. I mean, on the radio, you can't really show it, but it's massive. It's the size of a, of a kind of annual, the Guinness Book of Records, and every page is full color. So we've been able to do things that we've never been able to do before. Firstly, because on that size, you can have things on the page, lots of information which sort of help each other. And also, football is all about color. You know, look at the, when you're watching football, it's the colour of the teams, it's the green of the grass, and you get this amazing richness of colour when you're having full colour all the way through. So it really is, as they were saying, on the next level, it's really made Spike's illustrations take, take it up the next level. Uh, speaking of colour, there's also the bit about kind of going around the stands and seeing all of the different colours of the kits as well, which is just fascinating and it's beautiful to look at. And and it must have been a lot of research for you guys to figure out what goes where and like what teams match and how many teams have the same. But this is the perfect way to have an encyclopaedia because you've made it so much fun, right? Yeah, and that's a kind of a, an infographic or a kind of data visual that we've actually thought because we've got colour, because we've got that size, we actually can do this whole a kind of um, sort of palette. What we what we've done is that 
we have divided all the page into all the different colors that every team in the top four tiers has, but we've organized them by color, which is something that you would never normally see, but we've been able to do it. And it's fascinating just see just seeing what all the colours are. I've got to say, I adored this book very, very much. And as a Newcastle fan, I was kind of furious there was another team that had black and white stripes, but I was like, I've got to allow it. There are so many teams with just red and, red and blue. There's only, I think, is it, was it Grimsby that's black and white? Have I made that up? It's Grimsby. That's exactly right. But just to look at that page and to see that red is the most popular colour when the shirt is a single colour with 19 clubs, with blue with 15 and uh, white had their 10 clubs in English football that wear pure white. And then you look at the only teams that have red and black stripes or yellow and blue stripes or blue and yellow stripes. And you can see that there are some outliers here that are very unique teams that fans who support them. And you might not get that much coverage of um, Shrewsbury Town or Harrogate Town or, uh, you know, some of these smaller clubs. It means that. When you get asked that question, you know, name one of the only two teams in the um, top tiers that plays in green, you'll know the answer. Forest Green Rovers and Plymouth Argyle. Absolutely. (laughs) I need to get out more. No, I love it. Because uh, when you think of a football encyclopedia, you think of like, oh, okay, well, we're going to read about, I guess, players and some teams. But what you've given us is a whole history and kind of geography and cultural story of football. And also, of course, you mentioned a lot of women's football as well, which is, I mean, that must have been... So, so exciting for you to research as well, Ben, right? Because there's so much stuff out there. There is a lot of stuff out there. And, you know, it's increasingly becoming much more important in, in the wider scope of football and society. I mean, the England Lionesses are the first English national team to win a major trophy since the men's team won the 1966 World Cup. So it's brilliant to see more teams in the WSL, more English teams being successful in the Champions League and more players playing and enjoying football. Because the the thing about football, we've always said this in football school, is football is for everyone. So it's not just for uh, the players that played in 1966. It is a sport that is for everyone to enjoy, to watch, to talk about, to learn from, but also to play. One of the greatest things the Lionesses did after they won the Euros in 2022 was to write a letter to the Prime Minister saying that, all girls should be able to play football in PE in their schools. And that really took them from a sports team to a team that really believes in something that is improving the world, that is having a really powerful impact on society. And that's what football can do. That is the power of football. It can really help change the world. And we can see that in a very real time with this current England team. It's really exciting. And it's exciting that they reached the World Cup final this year, and it's the men's Euros next year, and everyone is super excited that England will do really well in that tournament. And Scotland. Oh, sorry. Yes, Alex, of course. And Scotland, who have qualified once again. Absolutely. I I think that also when you're talking about women's football is that usually, or in the past, an encyclopedia of football would essentially be about men's football, and then maybe there might be a page at the end saying, oh, yes, and this is about women's football. Whereas we decided... Women's football is too big for that. And also that's not the right way to do it. So every page is about both men's and women's football. So when we talk about the greats of the game, it's the greats in men's and women's football. So all the way through, there's no sense that um, it's about men's football and 
Here's a little bit about women. It's men and women all the way through because it's one game. Honestly, I absolutely, I love this book, guys. Like I'm someone who, um, I like watching football. I'm not like, you know, a super mad keen fan, but I do love the history of it and I adore watching it uh, with my family. So I love this book very, very much. And before I let you go, do you have like one fact that you think our listeners should look out for that was your favourite or one illustration that you think is properly brilliant that everybody should check out? Just something that we can look out for that you've recommended to us. Okay, thanks, Beck. So I will go for one of my favourite spreads, which is called Colours of the World. And on this page, we have the flag of every country that plays football in FIFA. So there are 211 countries in all. We have 211 flags on one page. But not only that, next to each flag, we have their kit. So you can see the relationship between the flag and the kit. And in some cases, it's very similar. Like Indonesia have a red and white flag and a red and white kit. But in some cases, it's totally the opposite. Like Australia have a golden green kit, but no golden green on their flag. So I find that kind of thing fascinating. I also love a diagonal sash on a kit. And so the Peru kit is one of my favorites because it's a red sash on a white kit. But there are loads of other diagonal kits in football that I didn't know about that I learned about from this page. You'll have to check it out to find out which countries I'm talking about. Oh, that's a good answer. All right, Alex, can you beat that for me? So maybe I could shout the word goal for 43.57 seconds at the decibel level of a lawnmower, because if I did, I would break the world record for the longest football cheer, for the longest football shout. And that is 0.01 second longer than the fact that's in our book about Christian Kinner, who's a Borussia Dortmund fan, and he shouted... It's the German word for goal, which is tor, tor, for 43.56 seconds. So that's another kind of random but fun. The fact that they're even these things are even measured. Um, yeah. 46 seconds, 43.56 seconds, that is a long time. It's probably about as long as it took for you to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for that. I honestly thought the book was brilliant. Um, and the Football School Encyclopedia is out right now. Is that correct? It is out now. It is the perfect gift for Christmas, but not only for the kids in your life, also for the grown-ups as well. It's really a book for the whole family. Absolutely. I'm going to buy it for everybody I know. Don't worry. Well, thank you so much. And hopefully we'll speak to you very soon uh, for more football school books. Honestly, completely recommend that football book. I mean, I'm not like the world's biggest, biggest football fan. And I could have read that book for about 10,000 days. I loved it. Next up, we've got Tom Palmer telling us about the Soccer Diaries. Now, this is another football book you've got to get your mitts on. Uh, it's all about Rocky taking LA. 14-year-old Rocky Race is going to a prestigious summer soccer camp in California. But is it all smooth sailing or does she face her own set of challenges across the pitch and across the pond? Have a little listen to find out more from Tom Palmer. So I'm joined right now by Tom Palmer, author of The Soccer Diaries. Hey, Tom, how are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Thanks for having me on. How are you? Not at all. I'm grand, thank you. Uh, now, I am, I'm intrigued about The Soccer Diaries because a lot of parents listening might know about Roy of the Rovers, but you've gone in with Rocky here, who is uh, Roy's sister. Is that right? That is right. Originally, I was asked to do sort of a modern version of Roy of the Rovers in fiction. And because I was writing it like three or four years ago, I knew that I had to not just make it about Roy the boy. So we created Rocky, his sister, and she's just gone on from strength to strength. And in fact, we've stopped doing the Roy books now and we're just doing Rocky. I love this. Good for Rocky. I mean, so we met her originally 
in the guise of like just being Roy's sister, but now she's she's her own footballing legend, right? She is, yes, and she's um, she's good at football. She's really good at football, and she's been offered a scholarship to go to the states to study, but also to play sort of college soccer, which quite a lot of British girls and boys, but I think mostly girls do. Um, so it's a big, big opportunity for young footballers from this country, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, is this a thing? Did you have to research this at all? Yeah, I did. I researched it. There's, there's quite a few organisations in the UK that, from the States that come to the UK and recruit children to go and play over and play soccer as it's called, in the States. And I know a couple of people have done it and I've read quite a few books of British and American footballers who have sort of mentioned the whole college setup. So that was all the research I did. And um, I didn't, um, I'd like, I would like to get over there, but I haven't been able to afford to get over there yet to research it in situ, sadly. Well, just get you sold a few more books then, then you can uh, go across. That's how it's going to (laughs) happen. So tell us a little bit about Rocky as a character. What's she like? She's 14, right? And she's going to LA. How does she feel? She feels excited. She feels nervous. She's worried about her mum because her dad died recently and and she's worried about leaving her mum on her own. But her mum's really keen for her to go. Um, Rocky's really committed to football but she does suffer a bit of anxiety as well as many of us do about things and so those come to a fore and I think the big thing in the first book is which friends she chooses to hang around with because when you go somewhere new when you go to where there's lots of other people you know you need friends and you need friends quickly and just to choose who to become friends with and that's where the story starts and then it gets more she gets more and more confident gets into playing football and it takes off from there and has a has a very positive ending I hope yeah I mean I was gonna say because it's not just a book about playing football it is about you know moving country is massive and having panic attacks and being stressed out and scared it's, it's a lot going on it is and I think in the other books I've done like even the history books that I've done I think it's really important to portray young people doing brave stuff but being scared as well and taking on that fear could it be it a war situation or a football situation and I think a lot of the children's characters I've read not all, but a lot of them, like they show children just being super brave and without actually seeing the anxiety and the the worry, which we all have. So that's what I'm trying to get with Rocky, show that she is being brave, super brave, because she's taking on her fears and putting herself out there. Oh my goodness, I don't think I could move to another country, um, especially I couldn't have done it at 14. Now, what is the difference between like American and UK football scene? Is there anything in particular apart from calling it football and soccer? The big thing in the States is it's the college scene. So like in the UK, it's through academies and um, linking up with football teams from a very young age, like from a really young age, you know, seven. Whereas in the States, it seems to be more attached to colleges and then the colleges feed the um, the professional clubs. And so it is quite different. And she has to navigate that as well, which is difficult. But I think it's quite a good system to stay in a football academy situation in the states you have to do well with your, with your school studies if you're at a football academy in the uk you know there is an association with the school but um it's more to do with behavior than, than actual academic success so her big deal her big deal like coming out of the comfort zone is actually trying hard at school which is not something she's really done before yeah it does feel like there's a lot of different things to uh, to think about for poor old rocky yeah she likes a challenge she likes sort of the edginess of it and she's a really unusual character for me because usually I plan my characters I work out what they're going to do and then I set them off through this plan that I've made for them but Rocky like I'll plan that she's going to do x and then she goes and does y and it's not I don't decide it it, and I've heard authors say this before like oh my, my my character just 
writes themselves and that. And I thought that's a load of nonsense. But with Rocky, she does. It's it's really odd, and that's why I love writing her so much because she surprises me and she doesn't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. She's got a mind of her own. She has, and it's I don't know why, and I can't explain it creatively, but it happens. And am I right in thinking then that's a pretty good thing because uh, you've got basically a series about Rocky? Yes, um, she's got initially, she's got a three book series which will cover her first year at the college in California. And uh, it's not down to how well she does on the pitch, it's down to how well I do on the page as to whether (laughs) there's a follow up series. Oh my goodness, no pressure. And and I, I guess also, let me be honest with you, it's probably given you a good excuse to just watch the lionesses all the time, right? As research? Yeah, absolutely. And I've done, I've been watching them. I've followed them when they played in Holland two Euros ago and I love watching them. And now like I've watched them away like abroad with with like a thousand people. And now, now you go and watch them and there's 50,000, you know, 80,000 people watching them. It is awesome. And it's absolutely right and wonderful. And it's, it feels really positive, doesn't it? The balance between male and female footballs is nowhere near how it should be, but it's getting a bit better. Oh, massively. And stories like Rocky will definitely help that as well, just make them more of a a thing. I hope so. I really hope so. And there are more other great sort of series of football books out there. There's the Girls FC series by Helena Pielahati, um, which has been around for over 10 years. And there's other series about, um, like Eve Ainsworth has done some really good football books where girls are the the main characters. Um, So it's growing and bookshops and libraries, particularly school libraries, I think, are wanting publishers to publish books where girls are the, the main sporting heroes. Because until five, ten years ago, there was so little. Yeah, it's definitely become much more of a thing. And that's a lovely thing to see as well. It is, absolutely. And my, I've got one child, she, she's a girl. And, you know, there was nothing when she was young about sport. And um, one of, like, she was quite a good runner. So the first books I did was about a girl who was a runner and, and then the football stuff sort of took over from there. Well, before I let you go, Tom, we do a thing called, uh, well, we do basically quickfire questions. And I've got a few for you now just to get a feel for you, if that's all right. Go for it. All right. Okay. First up, we've got books or Kindles? Books. Excellent. Heroes or villains? Heroes. Film adaptation or TV adaptation? Good question. Film. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It took you a bit of time. Uh, David Beckham or Lionel Messi? Messi. Okay. Uh, Beginnings or endings? Endings. Writing or reading? Both. Writing. Both. (laughs) Hogwarts or Narnia? Can I be controversial and say neither? Yeah, of course you can. Absolutely. Soccer or football? Football. Laptop or write by hand? Both, but the actual writing is laptop. Do you write nine to five or do you write when you fancy? When I can. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh? Paddington. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the big one, salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Cheese and onion, absolutely. Oh, no. What? What? Oh, sorry. I have a blown it. Tom, I thought we were going to be friends and then you said that at the end. <laughs> it's all right. I'll let you off because it's such a good book. I'll let you off with it. Uh, now, before I let you go, we do have something called Monday Motivation on Fun Kids. And it's when we basically just spread the joy every Monday morning, something to motivate people on their way to school. Do you have any bits of advice for us? The one thing I've learned, like I used to be quite shy. And I learned when I met my wife, even though she is shy, she goes into a room and is positive and says hello and tries to be friendly and positive and... Because of that, the 
she is really good at dealing with talking to people and and being in rooms with lots of people. Even though she still feels nervous and shy, she just does it. She smiles and she tries to talk to people. And I've learned that that is a really good way of like going into to every situation and every day because it, it just means that because people like people who are like that, and I'm trying to be more like my wife. That's great advice. I'm going to use that today. I'm going to go into places today that I don't know anybody, so I'm going to use that myself, Tom. <laughs> people like it, and it, you can learn from like other people. I've learned a lot from her. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us, and uh, thank you so much for telling us all about Soccer Diaries as well. Thank you for having me. Now, if you're missing spooky season, check out Read, Scream, Repeat. This is amazing. It's basically a collection of loads of short, scary stories. A little anthology, if you will. And it's got loads of my favourite authors writing stories, including Elle McNichol, Jennifer Killick, Joseph Coelho and Shana Jackson. Lots of them have been on the show before, so I'm so excited to get this book in your life. It's going to be absolutely amazing. If you love scary stories, check it out. That's pretty much it from me today and my football-themed bookworm show. If you've enjoyed the show, remember to like, subscribe and tell all of your friends about it. And I'll see you soon for some more book recommendations. Bye!